Do you consider yourself normal? Then this is not the show for you. Please go somewhere else. This is WYRD. If it's getting weird, it's got to be the Weird Mountain Gals show. The Weird Mountain Gals. Hello, Telephone Repair Company. (laughs) I'm just doing that because in the pre-show we were talking about squirrels and rabbits. So that's the way a squirrel's telephone would sound. (laughs) I tell you, I got so so damn many squirrels right now. They probably do have telephones. But they probably have better pop quality telephones than I do. They probably have those really nice, you know, Apple products that I ain't got. No Androids for them, no sir. Well, they can wear the Apple Watch around their body. Exactly. (laughs) That's funny. Them damn squirrels. Ugh. I saw it's I've got this this group Alicia's Earth Critters on Facebook and people post their animal images and stories and stuff like that and I saw a photo of a squirrel that was now in Hendersonville we have a strain of white squirrels okay and these white squirrels will have Occasionally, they'll have a gray stripe going down their back and not onto their tail, but just from their head to their back, kind of like a reverse skunk. But this squirrel was completely different. He looked, he had his, he was white in patches and gray in patches. And he actually looked really cool, he or she, the squirrel. And I was uh, impressed and intrigued. Nice. Yep. <laughs> I say the weird gal page and the earth critter page are the only real reason to get on the internet anymore. <laughs> <laughs> at least there, at least there, I somewhat know what the content's going to be. <laughs> yeah. So well, how have you been? I've been okay. I just, I'm tired all the time. Yeah. I wake up in the morning and I'm a little bit tired. And then I get some energy and I get going on stuff. And then I swear by five o'clock, I get cold. I, and I have to put a sweater on like a damn old woman. I put on a cardigan and a little old scarf around my neck. And then I'm just like, well, oh, I just hope I'm getting supper done and the dishes cleaned up before I just collapse onto the fainting couch. I don't know what it is. It's the switching around seasons. Y'all are going to be hearing this uh, later than we are recording it, obviously. But we are having the most beautiful day today. Just a tiny bit of a breeze and a blue sky. And it's it's in the 50s. And I've got laundry on the line. And it's just lovely. And then I turn on the damn news at 12 o'clock. And they're like, well, and then tonight we're going to have snow. And I was like, well, welcome to Appalachia, my friends. Yeah, exactly. Well, think Didn't well, you know, the old folks had it right. And if you look on your calendar, 
uh, your farmer's almanac calendar, your weird mountain farmer's almanac calendar, um, you'll see that there as well. But in this month, if you heard thunder, if there was thunder, you could count the days before you would have snow. Ten days. And we had thunder night before last. We had thunder night before last, and we're going to have a little storm probably tonight. And then on Sunday, we may have one, Saturday night, Sunday morning, and then maybe Wednesday of the next week. Well, I I think everybody I know who follows that kind of stuff, you know, I I said something in social media about, well, that was a heck of a storm last night. And I don't know how many people said, yeah, well, I'm counting down. I'll put in my calendar 10 days, 10 days. (laughs) 10 days is we should have snow. We'll see. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. You know, that folklore stuff is so funny because we swear by it. I mean, not all of us, of course, but I remember growing up and, you know, you didn't plant potatoes till this time and you never did this until this and all that stuff. And and I was religious about it for an awful long time. And I still, honestly, I've found things like if I plant radishes in the light of the moon, they just won't make. But there's there's other things that I just go, well, I'm just going to do that and see what happens because right now I've got 45 minutes to do it and the moon ain't exactly right, but we're going to see what happens. And it usually works out. So I always tell people, try it for yourself and see if it works. And if it does, do it. And if it doesn't, don't. Well, and that's the way to do it. I think that would be advanced land working and more advanced. Land working 101 is here's here's your rule of thumb and here are your guidelines. But once you know your land or whatever it is that you're focused on, once you know it, you can be a little more intuitive about it. And the longer you do it, the more intuitive you get. Was it? I guess you. it was you telling me that your dad would taste the dirt. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of people, a lot of farmers that would do that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was never I mean, one of them because I, I was never a farmer. But I, I know that you were right about that. And it, it's an intuitive thing at that point. Well, he and, learned it from somebody. Yeah. And it's for getting cold in the evening. That's also, to me, it feels, and I could be wrong. There could be something going on that I have no idea about. But to me, when you describe that, it sounded really kind of natural. Because as a pagan, you're very in tune with the earth, the cycles of the earth, all of that. And of course, as the night is coming in the wintertime, especially when you're winding this way, as the night is coming, your body is winding down and it's getting cooler on the earth here and where you're at. So why wouldn't you? Well, I mean, it makes sense that way, but it does not help me to not feel like an old woman. And then I've got to wash up the dishes and I've got to take my sweater off. And I'm like, oh, but it's so cold. <laughs> Lordy. Well, I don't know how to help you with that one. Get somebody to wash your dishes. There's not a thing you can do. Yeah. Oh, Lordy. I, so I've been trying to get more sleep, which has been good. Oh, good. And I've been trying to, when I rest up in the evenings, I put my feet up, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's very good. Very smart. So, and you can is the nice thing about it. 
Yeah, because because sometimes I have a little tiny bit of common sense. <laughs> I know it's not usual, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think by the time this episode airs, uh, the the shop's newsletter will be out, and so it'll be no secret that the theme for it is self care. Yeah, and we talk about that a lot because it's important. Yeah. There's too many people that listen to this podcast who are taking care of family, community, taking care of all kinds of things and all kinds of people. And probably not a lot of them are also taking care of themselves. Yeah. If they don't take care of themselves, they can't take care of all those other people. That's right. Or later. That's exactly right. Well, think about this, though. I kind of think that taking care of, well, you're going to agree with me, taking care of, of people that you love and care about and the community that you're in, that's kind of an, that's a time worn tradition, especially like in Appalachia, which is what I know about. We had that tradition of taking care of people, but I don't know that I ever heard a woman when I was a child say anything about taking care of themselves. No, well, because they didn't. But I did frequently hear men talking about taking a break from work or going out and hunting and how they needed it to clear their head. Now, that's clearing their head is euphemism for taking care of myself, don't you think? And I'm laughing because I've got a picture of my, my grandmother's brother, so my great uncle. And he's got on his hunting gear and he's with two other guys. And my grandmother used to always quote him as saying, you know, the problem with a hunting trip is that you get out there and some damn son of a bitch is going to want to actually hunt. (laughs) Crows, crow me out. I'm not crowing that out because that is so true. But isn't that weird? Yeah, because they wanted to go like... You know, you talk so much about those wonderful gatherings down by the river that you do. And it's the same sort of thing. They just wanted to get away from their regular obligations and their regular lives and just tell wild tales and, and drink too much. is always about drinking too much. And there's a whole bunch of, you know, sardine sandwiches on thick bread or whatever. Oh, oh. Oh, oh, that reminds me of the grossest story. I don't know if I should tell you this or not. Oh, come on. This is weird mountain gals. We can be uh, gross mountain gals for a little the, while. There's a, there's a friend of ours, this fella who we like very much. And this friend went camping when he was in college with a bunch of college buddies. And I think his girlfriend was there. And they had one of those ginormous tents. And I guess several of them slept in the same tent. And I guess they ate sardines the night before. And that morning he woke up and he sat up. He's laid there for a little while. And then he decided to sit up. And he said, evidently, the gas just kind of settled about two feet above the the sleeping bags. Because he said when he sat up, he almost retched. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) he told it and I was just I never he was talking about the green cloud hovering over the sleeping bags (laughs) like okay well what kind of dumbass would get into a tent with a bunch of college people who had just eaten a bunch of sardines I mean 
I wouldn't. Would you? Well, I, I'm just going to be real honest here and say it would depend on how much I'd been drinking. <laughs> That's true. And how tired I was. You know, at three o'clock in the morning, if you've been drinking pretty steady, you don't really think about the niceties. You just think, oh, where's my sleep? <laughs> I can remember being down on the coast. A whole bunch of us traveled with our families. And we were all in one of those big old tents. It's like a 12-person tent. And I was somehow got right in the middle of all that. And I had my friends, young ones, were all clustered around me. They all decided they were going to sleep. They're going to sleep with Aunt Byron. So they were all clustered around me. And we were all, you know, loved up. And about, I guess, 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, I woke up. And I was wet. And I thought, these damn young ones have peed on me. But what had happened is that it started raining and the tent was leaking. My first thought was, why did these young ones have to sleep by me? They've all peed there. And I'm in it. I'm in the middle of it. So, and I don't, I don't believe I'd had much to drink that night, to be honest. I just ended up being the, you know, the surrogate auntie who's taking um, really little. That is funny. It is funny. <laughs> a little guilty because I'd accused them. I had not uh, verbally accused them, but in my head, I'd accused them of being on me. Well, I would have thought that too. So, you know. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I don't really know where to go from there. I know in the pre show, we were trying to talk, we were going to talk about Appalachian independence and, and that attitude of independence. But now we've done, we've, we've, what is it? We've done R U N N O F T as the guy says. Run off. Yeah. R U N D. Yeah. Run off. O F T. All the way into this whole other subject. How surprising. Imagine that here on Weird Mountain Gals that we had discussed something in the pre-show that we did not, in fact, discuss in the show. That's kind of it's kind of our modus operandi, as they say, on the cop shows. It's weird to observe it happen week after week after week. We we have even gotten to the point to where we kind of faithfully decide ahead of time. Well, this is going to be our subject. This makes logical sense. And then yes. we, we hit the record button. We go, hey, how are you? You know. <laughs> and then we just we just go with it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's all right, too. That's intuitive podcasting. <laughs> is that what it's called? Oh, is there like a fancy word for it? And it's not just us running off at the mouth. Well, see, if we put the word intuitive in front of it, then it's going to make it all more pompous and. It, and also, it'll give it that woo quality that we are both so enamored of. It'll <laughs> be very woo about everything that we do. Yes, it will. You know, today today's Wednesday when we're recording this, and that is our grocery store day. Ah. So, we also had to go to the bank and the post office because the Department of the Treasury sent us a little check we had to put in the bank. Yes. Uh, so we had, we were running our little errands today, and I got fixated at the grocery store. I don't know what is up with my brain these days, but I was we were walking down the, the bacon, the aisle with all the bacon stuff in it, and I was being really kind of self-satisfied to think, well, I've got cornmeal, I've got self-rising flour, I've got plain flour, I've got whole wheat flour, I've got sugar, and I'm looking at this, 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 and then I'm looking at baking soda, and y'all, 
y'all know that Alicia and I are both crazy about baking soda. Yes. We use it for everything. Yes. I washed my hair in baking soda. Just kidding. Kidding. <laughs> um, so I got there on the shelf. I mean, there was this store brand and then there was the Arm and Hammer and all that stuff. And then there's one in a little round can and it's Clabber Girl. Oh, yeah. I had never seen that before because I use Clabber Girl baking powder, but I didn't know Clabber Girl made baking soda. I didn't know it either. Is it the same kind of, you know? Yeah, it's the same kind of can, except, you know, the uh, the baking powder is red. It's got red highlights and stuff on it. Mm-hmm. And this is green. Oh. But I just looked at it and I was like, Clabber Girl, look, it's Clabber Girl. And I wanted to, I wanted to buy it, but I know that I've got a sack of baking soda in the back of my car that I bought, you know, when I went crazy last fall and bought all the salt and baking soda and all that other stuff. Oh gosh. If you just only add some Mason jars to store it in. Uh, you mean like the ones that are also in the back of my car? <laughs> yeah. Yes. I know. It's just it's a mess. And some, somebody posted on social media the other day about prepping and that prepping. And they said, this sounds like Byron. Prepping is not when you feel fill your basement full of guns and dried beans. Prepping is when you know what skills your neighbors have and you know your neighbors and you are making your community a healthy and wholesome community. It was all this stuff that I talk about all the time. And, and they said, well, I mean, you can have guns and beans, but that ain't going to save you. It's your community that's going to save you. And I thought, yes. Yeah. Byron Prepper died. Get some salt, some baking soda, and then just make friends with all your neighbors. That's a good idea for a book, Byron. Oh, I needed an idea for another book. There you go. uh, I'm going to tell y'all, and you can come post on the Weird Mountain Gals page, but I am just, I am enamored of this book that I heard about called uh, Guess What Happened to Lacey, something like that. I'll I'll post the real title of it. And it was about this young... I guess young, but this African-American woman who people would say the rudest stuff to her about being black and about the black community. And they'd say it right to her face. And she'd be like, you know, I'm sitting right here. Can you not see the color of my skin? Anyway, so she has written a book about that. And I'm going to get that book because it just, I mean, it's heartbreaking, but it it also is pretty hilarious, the stuff (laughs) people would say. So I just posted on Facebook, because this Appalachian, this new Appalachian book I'm writing is going to have some of that in it. I ask people to tell me, Appalachian people, to tell me what was the weirdest or most insulting or most outrageous thing somebody said to their face about Appalachian people. And you would not believe some of the comments I'm getting. (laughs) Well, actually, you would. It's I not would. anything Appalachian people have not heard a million times. Um, yeah, you're right. So it's, let me ask you, what? what? put that question to yourself. What's the weirdest thing or just strangest that situation thing that you've ever experienced? Oh, well, I'm the one that started it off on social media. I said, I'll go first. And what I said was I was in New York and I was in an elevator with someone who had just met me and she turned and looked down her nose at me and she said have you ever been in an elevator before huh? <laughs> now, as it turned out when I got to know her better she was joking but she was one of those people that has a total deadpan face and the total flat delivery 
And I just turned and looked at her and I said, yeah, I think I was in one in Paris once. <laughs> Good for you. But Good yeah, I want to hear them. And oh, man. Y'all, yeah. you can go on the, onto my personal Facebook page, Byron Ballard, and and see it. And some of these things are just, they're outrageous. And of course, people who are not Appalachian are adding in their own, like, well, I was here and this is what somebody said. And that's fine, too. But I really was interested in what Appalachian people had been told to their face. Well, did I tell you mine? Have I told you mine? No, tell it now. I went to work at a computer company and I was the first line of defense. So I was the first desk when you walked in the door. And I was not a repair person, but I was there and it was a computer repair company. Okay. So this retired fella who used to, he, somehow he owned mines, M-I-N-E-S, mines. Uh -huh. And he was obviously wealthy and he was had this, you know, not very Appalachian personality, kind of aggressive kind of personality. Uh -huh. And he had retired here is what it was. So he came in and he was asking after, he had a computer question. So he wanted to speak to one of the technicians. Well, they were all out repairing computers. So he came back the next day and same situation. And I asked him each time, I said, well, if you'll let me know what the question is, I might be able to help you. And now he's going to wait. So he did that. And on the third day, finally, he told me, he asked, told me what the question was. And I guess I was being instructed to write it down and ask the smart guys. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, it turned out to be um, a Microsoft Office error. And I just heard some stuff about it. And I was able to answer his question. And he went away and he was happy. So about two weeks later, he came in and the owner of the company was there. And the owner of the company was in the desk back behind mine. And he was telling the guy right in front of me, he was like, well, you know, he said, that little, that, that little gal or whatever it was he called me, working up at the front there, well, you know, she's not, she's not nearly as dumb as you would think. Oh, my God. And he, and he, and he, thought, he was paying me a high compliment in his mind. And then he went on to say, she just answered this question. And, and, and you know, I was, I was impressed with that. And then when he left, he didn't even look at me. It's like, like, are you kidding? Wow. Sometimes I just get dumbfounded. I'm like, are you kidding? And I didn't even, I didn't even address it with him. There are times when I just don't care. That guy revealed himself to me, and his his opinion was not important to me anymore. <laughs> no, no, that, and that's exactly right. That's and right. Some, some things the, are worth getting your your panties wadded up for. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and and say I had somebody giving me a hard time about my name, and they assumed I was some kind of you know people because of my religion assume I'm some weirdo, and then they see my name, <laughs> and somebody yeah somebody thought. Well, how'd you why why'd you take a man's name? See me, 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 me. And I and I said to this guy, I said, I'm named after my granddaddy. Have you got a problem with that? He said, Well, it's just a weird name for a woman to have. I said, Have you got a problem with that? 
because we can step outside, buddy, and I can settle this. You're not going to insult my granddaddy. And he was like, oh, yeah, no, I guess you're Southern, all right. Start walking, you doggone long-eared galoot. Just a minute, partner. You can't talk to me like that. Them's fighting words. Yeah, them's fighting words. I dare you to step over this line. Okay, I'm a-stepping. I dare you to step over this one. I would not want to be the person that crossed you and kept crossing. I, I would not want to be that person. But I was, laugh, I was laughing with a friend of mine the other day that I was in an interfaith meeting with a whole bunch of people who were, you know, very middle class, very nice, very mainstream religion, uh, you know, those kind of just very, you know, good hearted people that, and, and they were talking about hitting or smacking or something. And, and one of them said, well, can you, I just can't imagine striking someone in anger. I just, I, and I can't imagine somebody hitting me. And they kind of were nodding around the table like, like oh no, oh, oh, how awful that be if they got to me. And I was like, oh yeah, no, I can imagine. I don't have to imagine. Yeah, no, I did that. <laughs> I've, I've had that done to me. I did, yeah, I did that. And they were like, what? Crazy, <laughs> crazy redneck woman at the table. And you would yeah. admit it? Oh, wow. Uh, always well when we went to school i'm sure you too when we went to school the teachers were proud and on day one of class they would bring out these you know canoe oars that they were threatening to beat you with <laughs> you know, oh, yeah this is the hall pass it's made out of a chunk of wood by the way yeah and they literally would say stuff like that and i remember in it was probably seventh grade, I'm guessing, that they pulled out that thing and and it had holes in it, like the size of a maybe a nickel, holes in it, because that made more noise and it hurt more oh. than just oh. getting hit with a regular piece of wood. Oh. And this was public school too. Yeah, of course it was, yeah. No, you, the private schools were not nearly as regulated as the public schools. No, the, it was worse in private school, I'm yeah. sure. Well, the private schools had a, a mind going on sometimes with the students. They would just scare the hell out of them to well, get yeah. discipline. And well, that was, I, yeah. I don't know about you, but I, I would rather have a physical beating than a, than a mind Well, and you read about or you see movies about those uh, British public schools is what they were called, but they're really private schools and the horrible things that happened to the kids there. Yeah. It was the horrible peer group thing, but also that, that you had, you were accountable to your class and, the, and not your like seventh grade class, but your I'm upper middle class or I'm upper class. And you were obligated to behave the way your class is supposed to behave. As you're talking to me about this, in my mind, I'm flashing over to Pink Floyd, The Wall. Yeah. The yes. song, when it came out, the first song, I believe I'm telling you correctly, the first song that was released as a single from that album was uh, The Wall. We don't need no, the imagery that came with that was just mind blowing for me. 
And it was all about that same subject. Mm-hmm. Terrible. So Terrible. let me lighten it a bit. The other image that came to my mind was I, I went to school and I took wood shop. That's what it was called. Did you really? How cool. It was a great class and it was in the basement of the school. So for some reason, I went to the back of the classroom and I would sit under the back table there with these two guys that I was friends with, which even back then I ran around with guys and we were cutting up and somehow I instigated it and got hauled outside to get a spanking. So the teacher brings out the big giant oar and he's getting ready to give me the spanking. And I'm getting ready to have a spanking. I didn't know what to do. I'm sure I had my lower lip out. And he got the weirdest look on his face. And he didn't give me a spanking. <laughs> oh. So flash. Good. It was. It was weird, though. And so flash forward another, I guess, two years. And I was in middle school at Hall Fletcher. And did you go there, by the way? No. Okay. So I was in no, middle school. I was, a, I was a Sand Hill girl. Sand, oh, okay. Okay. And I was in science class. And my teacher there was a hilarious guy. He was more like watching a comedy show. And I loved that class. But evidently that day, <laughs> I was not in the mood to see whatever movie it was that was playing and I continually disrupted the class. Evidently I'm told, I don't recall that. Okay. But so he hauls me outside with this big giant canoe paddle and I'm starting to get a little wigged out. I'm, Cause that's a, a big old paddle there. Right. He tells me, give me your shoe. What? <laughs> give me your shoe. I took my tennis shoe off and I handed it to him. And he said, now you listen to me. He said, I'm going to paddle this shoe. And when it makes a sound, you're going to make a sound. You're going to go, ah. I said, okay. And that's what he did. And he paddled my shoe and he'd, he'd strike the shoe and I'd go, oh, <laughs> as if I was getting a terrible spanking. And then I put my shoe back on and he said, don't tell anybody. <laughs> oh, my God. Isn't that weird? That is very weird. But Both times, I'm sure I deserved the paddling that I didn't get. Huh. It's like magic. <laughs> wow. Oh. Did you get paddled? No, I don't, I don't remember. Ever, I never got paddled in school and I didn't get, I didn't get spanked much at home. Cause I was, you know, I was good. I was quiet yeah. and they evidently didn't catch all the stuff that I did that I should have been paddled for. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Cause I really didn't, I didn't get wild till I got into middle school. Till I got into junior high. Junior high. Yep. I would. Yeah, and I was, you know, running around doing all this crazy stuff. But sometimes I was not doing it and I got blamed for it. So I guess it evens out. Don't you think it evens out? 
It doesn't so count. Get blame for that you didn't do versus the stuff you got away with. <laughs> you down. It's, it's like gambling. You hope you break even at least. How funny. It is. And now, where do we go with that? <laughs> About being paddled? Yeah. <laughs> I saw a meme that had two guys chained up to the wall in a prison and they were getting they were getting whipped by the dungeon master and one of them had a full-blown erection he was like well this is awkward Ooh. Uh, yeah i i i'm not even gonna go go there but <laughs> i'll just edit all of that out, so don't worry. All out she did not in fact edit it all out and i'm just gonna add when I was in like elementary school, I remember they sent a note home to my mother asking about corporal punishment. Mm -hmm. And her response was, because who, who knows why, her response was, let the punishment fit the crime. Now, wasn't that nice? Now, she's not going to come down on any side on that. She's just saying, well, you know, just, you know, do what you need to do. That was very oblique of her. How very oblique. Yes, she's very, very oblique. That's interesting. I don't, I, I really don't know. I remember that letter. I do remember that letter. Yeah. But remember how they used to always send stuff home with kids? I wonder if they do anymore. Well, or if they the just point? send it directly to your inbox. Directly to the inbox is yeah. where it goes. Because what's the point of, of, well, you know, teachers nowadays also have to pay for paper and ink and all of that. Yeah. So why would they do that when they could send an email and then it's a, a permanent more or less record that they could go back and retrieve any time? I'm, so I'm sure it's email nowadays. And besides, if I was a kid in 2020 and if I was handed a piece of paper by a teacher, I, I would not necessarily feel obligated to give it to my parents. <laughs> that could just be a me thing, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, gosh. So the world is moving in a really bright direction, I think, in general. I feel the, you know, the season is getting ready to turn or that could be me being a little too ambitious, but I'm ready for the season to turn. And, and I think a lot of things are turning right now, but it's also still kind of false spring. Wouldn't you say? Well, I don't call it false spring. I just call it spring. I just say that spring is not what you think spring is. Spring is very changeable weather. But my snowdrops are blooming and my primroses have budded up and they're getting ready to bloom. My uh, alyssum is blooming, oh. uh, witch hazel, of course, but it starts blooming in December. So there's a lot of stuff blooming and it smells like early spring out there to me. And people fight me about this all the time and they're welcome to. But as far as I'm concerned, spring starts February the 1st and it doesn't look like chicks and bunnies. <laughs> for a little while but those first that's when you see the first sign that the weather really is going to be what we want it to be i'm and so I'm excited seeing i'm seeing it everywhere 
I'm, I'm getting excited. We look, I always look for the fiddleheads. Oh, me too. Me too. That kind of, that's how I gauge is by the fiddleheads. Where are we at with fiddleheads? Where are we at with little mayapples? And those are all signs to me about what to look for and where. And I know when, basically, because uh, fiddleheads are right common. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And when they're tiny. And I also look at the buds of trees. And we'll probably have to crow this out. But the way I learned to hunt morels is you look at the buds of the maples. And when they're the size of a squirrel. What? Yeah, it was a, it was a female squirrel's genitalia. When the buds are that big. Oh, Lordy, I've never heard of that. I heard, I, I heard that a squirrel's ear and a squirrel's eye and stuff oh. like that, but I've never heard about that. I'll ask. I'm not going to put that on this podcast. That's too much. Too weird. She did, in fact, leave that in the show. But, yeah, that's how I learned. So you learn to look for, for morels by the other signs, other plants, because by the time you can see a morel, it's time to pick it, usually. Most people don't oh, get it. Yeah. Or at least to monitor it. So I always look for morels right, right around the time of the May apple. And it also makes a difference as to your, your altitude and, of course, the pH of the soil. So you know that by which plants are blooming and where. And morels and a lot of other mushrooms are very picky about the root system that they're coming from. And so there are certain trees that will never have morels under them Hmm. unless they've grown out from another tree, but they won't be in the root system of a certain type of tree. So I'm not going to tell, talk about all of that, but this is an exciting time as before the stuff is actually out. Now is the time to kind of go and, and get your idea about what's going to be where. Yeah. My yeah, mouth water's thinking about the food that will be cooked from the morels that will be picked. Uh, man, I had good, and it doesn't, you know, doesn't even count with what you're talking about, but I fried up some baby bellas the other day and it just reminded me that good mushrooms are coming soon. Yes, 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 they are. And you know, Selby has done really well with his, uh, he's got a backyard mushroom habitat that he's been working on. And it, I believe that it's doing real well for him. Now they're still not the tasty wild things that you can find. We are so lucky. We have, places, plenty of places that are left that we can still go and, and get mushrooms. And, and morels are not the only ones out there. Yeah. Do you ever, have you ever had an indigo? No, I haven't. Are they that color? Yes, the gills are. The, the side that appears to your eyes, the top side of them is kind of a bluish gray. And it just is kind of ugly because it's modeled. But if you if you flip that over, the gills on it are beautiful indigo blue. It's the same indigo as indigo cotton blue. 
and they used to make ink with it. And you can take those and slice them thin and saute them in butter. And they almost get sweet like candy on the outside. Huh. A very interesting mushroom. And we've got so many good, good eaten varieties and so many that are like medicinal. It's a fascinating thing for me. It really is. And I think you could spend your whole life studying it. Oh, yeah. Still not still not know everything there is to know. Oh, no. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of all of that. And Paul Stamets and the work he's doing. Woo! Yep. I'm, I'm not worthy. I don't know much about any of it. Oh, not I think you do. Nearly enough. Not nearly enough. Uh, well, you know, we are a good compliment uh, when it comes to foraging and yardscapes and stuff, because the, the places where I fall down, you definitely pick up the slack for sure. And so it's a, I mean, I think you, you have a really good, good knowledge of herbology and plants and just general growing stuff. Me, I'm mushroom girl. <laughs> yeah, um, you are definitely mushroom girl. Yeah, I was talking to, I did a, um, I did somebody else's podcast last night, my friend Amy Blackthorne. And I oh. told her, I, the, I always have to do the disclaimer that I am a folkloric herbalist. So if you need to know how much of a particular plant piece you need to achieve some health-related thing, I'm not the person to go to for that because my, my remedies are folkloric and magical remedies. So I'm going to tell you that mugwort will give you far vision and it will help you see between the worlds and it will bring you great dreams. But if you want to use mugwort because it's a liver tonic or whatever, I can't, I don't have any knowledge about that. And so I will send them to what I call a real herbalist. Go to a real medicinal herbalist and ask that question. I can tell you what it was used for 400 years ago and before we had any medicine to speak of. Yeah. But I, I may not know. And that's what we had talked about in the pre-show is all the sort of folkloric remedies that, uh, that come out of Appalachia and out of the mm -hmm. Southern Highlands and how a lot of them are still used. And a lot of them we don't use anymore because you can go right out to the drugstore and buy something off the shelf for $3.49. That'll right. whatever the problem is. Right. So it, to me, it's not as much about the ingredients as it is about the attitude of self-sufficiency, you know? Yeah. yeah. It, in, I guess to illustrate that, I mean, you use what you've got at hand back, back in my day, but back in my grandma's day, it just wasn't a matter of, oh, let's run, run down the road and pick up whatever it is we need because they were likely back in the woods a little ways, or there was no place for them to go pick up whatever it was they needed. You and yeah. I, we don't have to worry about that. No, we there's do always, not. There's always been a grocery store. Robbinsville had a gal named Laura Phillips, and she was the stuff of legend, okay? <laughs> she was, no joke. I worked for her, and she was the stuff of legend. Laura Phillips had a thing called the Rolling Store, and it started out, as far as I know, in the back of a wagon that had either donkeys or horses. 
that mm-hmm. were pulling it. And she would go from town to town and sell her wares. And it was basically drug drugstore stuff and grocery store stuff, what we would consider Ingalls. And they just that they didn't have anything like that. So she eventually settled down in Robbinsville and opened up Phillips store. And then there was Phillips motel, Phillips restaurant, Phillips. uh, There was a hardware store in the same little plaza there. And main street, the real main street is where she had her motel and restaurant I worked over at that restaurant and she lived in the motel next door. And she's the one that I told you about who, after her husband died, she told me the story where they, they were held up at gunpoint. Oh my gosh. And tied up. The person got into the safe, tied him up uh, after he held him up. And put them in a closet and locked them there to die, left them to die. And somehow they got out of it. And soon after that, her husband died and she installed a bank teller window in that motel and some very thick doors to get in. And she considered that she was much more safe because of that. She wouldn't just leave her doors open all night then. You see, that definitely happened. And she was, she was, she had a blue beehive. She had that gray hair and she'd go get that blue rinse. And she had a very tall beehive, even into her, her eighties. Wow. Wow. She was awesome. (laughs) And if I'm not mistaken, it was her son that formed uh, the company Taylor and Murphy, which became a really big, uh, big force in uh, construction projects in the southeastern United States. And they were all just, they were just, you'd meet them in town. And I guess her son was maybe the town's first multimillionaire. And you, to see him, he'd be there and just clothes like everybody else wore, same accent as everybody else. He was just a nice fella. In her little diner, it was just a little diner. And they all worked their butts off. Yeah, I think I think we have found that. Uh, well, I don't know about modern Appalachia because I really have some issues about all of that. But we used to be people that were hardworking, thrifty, mm-hmm. uh, careful with just everything. And I don't know that we're those people anymore. I keep going back to self-sufficient for me. And I was thinking about that anthem song, A Country Boy Can Survive. What a cheesy song. But you know which one? I think it was Hank Williams Jr. I had a boyfriend who would call me up on the phone. That was the extent of our dating life because we were way too young to really date. But he'd call me up on the phone. He'd sing that song to me. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it talked about that self-sufficiency thing. Yeah. And self-sufficiency in the mountains often did not have a gender because the women the women did a lot of important work yeah. in, in the area. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and work tended to be less. Oh, I don't know if I don't know if this is true or not, but I'm going to say it. I think work tended to be less gendered. 
But even as I say that, there was still housework that women did. And in addition to that, women also fed the livestock and milked and you know, and planted and harvested and preserved and all that stuff. So well, maybe, that's true. maybe it was less about gendered roles and more about women just had to do all the work that came to hand that had to be done. That's true. But I also think that there was there was opportunity for certain certain personality types of women to get out there and make a life for themselves. Because mm-hmm. I saw a lot of bold women. I know you did too, and you are one. <laughs> well, I come from a long line of of, of bold women and a, a long line of, of women who just dealt with it. Well, that's what you do. you got to deal with it. Everybody's got to deal with it. And we're all in the middle of this COVID thing, and so everybody's dealing with that too. America's getting their great lesson wouldn't you say well along with the world I'm I know we're not the only ones no but still still it's um it has hit us hard and it should mm-hmm. it should hit us hard because there's a lot that a lot that we have taken for granted and there's a lot of stuff we have swept under rugs the various rugs of our history and we've got a chance now to really confront some of that stuff, but not if we're going to not confront it. Right. And, uh, and we've been given the opportunity to, to take care of some things. And if we choose to do that, then, then things are going to, they really will brighten considerably. It's true. But if we choose not to, then we are, we are on the road to certain ruin as far as I'm concerned. Most likely. I know I sounded like a crazy old mountain preacher when I said that, but that's how I feel. What? Yeah, I know. You did a little bit. Think about this. Everybody who comes through this and gets through it, when it's over, they're going to be able to look back and go, hey, I survived that. And some folks will be able to say, not only did I survive that, but I learned a lot about myself. And I've got some coping mechanisms now. You see? Yeah. yeah. Well, what? what is that thing? Is it Nietzsche that said that which does not kill us makes us stronger? Probably. And that, you know, sometimes that's true. Sometimes that which does not kill us puts us in such a place of deep trauma that we can't, we can't go on anyway. I was getting ready to say there's a, yeah. a there will be so much counseling that it's going to need to happen. So many people are going to have to figure out what's happened, <laughs> how they feel about what happened and all of that, As especially not limited to only, but especially the folks who are in the trenches in the hospitals. Oh my gosh. Yes. 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 This yes. is a war that they're being subjected to that there was literally no warning no, and no preparation. No prep. They just got thrown into it. Right. And now they're in the middle of what is hell, I'm sure. And yes. I know that they that there's so many of them that, that want to quit because they can feel the damage that it's doing to them, but they won't quit because people need their help. Those folks. That's they, why they got into it, was to be helpful. Right. So those, we need to make sure and take care of the folks who need some help after this is over and make our plans now. So just like you're figuring out what you're going to plant this spring, 
This is also the time right now, because we're going to come out of this in a few months. Knock on wood. Yeah. So yeah. might be. Well, we're going to come out of it in a few months, one way or the other. Right. So make your plans. The, the spring comes. Yeah. yeah. I always laugh at these um, these people who talk about, well, you know, our ancient ancestors they were so excited about when the winter solstice came because then they knew spring was coming. It's like they just had to live through one or two years to know the spring was coming. Yes. That's all. <laughs> it's not like they suddenly forgot what happened this past year. Right. God, don't we all wish we could forget what happened this past year? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but also, I want to I want to speak a piece about multi-generational living, which we don't much have anymore in right. the dominant culture in this country because one reason that especially the younger people are so scared right now is that they don't have parents to tell them about oh well when i was coming up blah 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 and we laugh about it now when we we think about oh you remember when great grandma used to say she had to walk to school uphill both ways and three feet of snow and all that stuff but if you have a a family around you and you can look at, and generationally they can say, well, honey, when, when I was coming up in the great depression, which would be what my mama would say, when I was coming up in the great depression, we did this thing and this thing and this thing. And if nothing else, it lets people know that this isn't a thing that has just happened in this generation. And, oh my gosh, what are we going to do that? Every generation has some kind of horrific challenge that that they have to meet and somehow there is I, I swear there is comfort in knowing that your great-grandparents survived the depression they survived yeah. the soup kitchens and the and the making salt by throwing the your wash your dishwasher dishwashing uh dirty water out on a rock and it formed salty crystals and that's what you use for salt I mean, there's just something about that that I think I never knew that. There's some comfort in that, yeah. um, and uh, and most people don't have that because they don't live in multi generational households. Right, right. Multi generational households left us really in what I guess my grandmother's generation, maybe not my mom's generation, probably, because we had we brought or my grandparents brought great-grandparents in when it was time into their homes yes. with them. But yes. there wasn't a voluntary, they weren't living together by choice, probably. They were living well, together because yeah. it was time to bring her, bring them in. Yeah, well, and it may be every generation's been like that. Maybe. That they, well, I know for, in my family, my, um, my grandmother, my my grandmother's mother, my great grandmother, lived in her house, lived in the back room, and then when my grandmother and grandfather were very old, my mother moved into their house, moved from the country into town, and took care of uh, did well didn't take care of my grandfather because he was already gone, but took care of my grandmother in her final years, and then in that same house, my brother and his wife moved in in my mother's final days. So, uh, gotcha. yeah. 
Well, yeah, and there was no shame in it. It was just really you would stick together as a family unit and it would make the workload easier on everybody, I think. Well, and who could afford what, you know, was it cost now $10,000 a month to keep your elder in a, in a nursing facility? It's it a lot of money. It does. It's just a huge amount. It's just, I don't know how people can face that. It just, it, it just bugs me. It really does. Well, I appreciate so much you calling me and checking in and all of that. It's been very nice to know that, you know, you, you actually have been calling and checking in and everything. It's been well, really nice to hear I've from you. I've been worried about y'all and I'm worried about you and worried about Mr. Gomez. Well, from what I understand, he's a stubborn Appalachian person. Well, he is, but, you know, stubborn Appalachian people get very sick with this, with this virus, and some of them have died, as we know. I know. So I just I want to know what you need, if you need anything. And I'm glad you are feeling so much better. Thank now, you. Thank you. I understand that Gomez is not feeling but so much better right now. But yeah, he's, he's, we got our prayers going up for him, too. We got some candles going and. Yeah, other yeah. little things going on and like I said I know I know he's a strong person and so we'll keep uh, keep everybody posted about it yep. and yeah so there you go and y'all don't be shy about checking in with us on Facebook or Insta or Twitter or wherever the hell we all are I don't even know where we are but wherever we are check in with us and Tell us how you're doing, if you are doing the COVID dance, if you are ordering your spring seeds, if you've already got your uh, onion onion sets in the ground, because I do. I've already I put onions in the Do fall. you really? <laughs> i got fresh onions right now. I can go out and pull onions out of my garden. Good yes, for you. I'm yes, proud man. of you. I tell you what, radishes are next. Peas, broccoli. I'll get my... Uh, Miss Onion set. I'll get, I am the queen of the onion set. There she goes. Miss Onion set. I love me some onions. They are just so healthy for you. But again, to return to our previous conversation about being in the big tent, you don't want to be eating a whole bunch of fried onions and then all y'all fall asleep <laughs> in a drunken stupor in a big old tent with sardines and onion parts. That will not be <laughs> No. Pleased, as you can say. <laughs> so we'll have to call this the gross episode or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're all, we all, I swear, every time we either talk about food, which we've not talked about very much this time. Sort of. Or we, we, or we talk about disgusting stuff. That's just how we are, you know. It's true. That's just how we are. Well, I'm going to run, I think, and get myself ready for the snow. What about you? You've already been to the grocery store. Well, I went to the grocery store this morning. What I'm going to do now is take that big old gold tablecloth off the line that I put up earlier, and I'm going to put, I'm going to sneak one more big tablecloth on the line and see if it gets dry. That's what I'm going to do. Big excitement. So what good thing are you going to be cooking because our our temperature is going to go we're going to drop 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 tonight. well i'll make some i'll make a pot of beans probably tonight or tomorrow 
But when we were at the grocery store today, I just turned to my husband. And I said, we're having pizza tonight. So pick out which one you're going to eat. <laughs> I did not say we're having pizza tonight. I'll go home and make the dough. I just said, pick out a damn pizza because I ain't cooking. I'm done with cooking today. That sounds pretty good. I wouldn't mind having some something Italianish. I've got I'm all looking, this. I'm know. looking forward to some pizza and maybe a pretty salad to go with it. Oh, I got yeah. me a little old hot house tomato. You know, they ain't hardly worth it, but it reminds me of tomatoes. That's I the best to, I can do for it. It reminds me of how tomatoes are. Well, I have to say, your biscuits last week that you posted about, they they opened up this craving. And so I don't really do biscuits and gravy. What I do is tomatoes and gravy. Ooh, yum. And you're right. The tomatoes are not that good, but I got lucky. I have to order them. So I don't get to go pick my own stuff anymore. And I ordered some little organic tomatoes and I don't even know what brand they were, but they were so good with some of that gravy. It was just, that's the first time I've had any gravy and tomatoes in well over a year. And it just was the thing. It really was. Well, I'm preparing a bunch of, uh, let me do my shameless self-promotion plug for my book, Fruits, Branches, and Spirits, The Folkways and Witchery of Appalachia, which is going to be launching onto the public on the 8th of February. And I'm putting together some giveaways for people who buy the book or I, at the launch party, maybe we'll give stuff away. I don't know. But one thing I'm going to do is do a fancy handwritten recipe card of my biscuit recipe. Because when I posted this last week, people were like, well, how do you do that? How do you make biscuits? And I'm like, you don't know how to make biscuits? Okay. All right. Here you go. So that's one of the things I'm going to do. Are you, well, you know what? We could go on and on with this conversation. I was getting ready to say, do you do cold water or cool water with your biscuits? Cold. You're making them. Cold, me too. Cold water. Unless I use buttermilk. And then it's called buttermilk. The buttermilk is cold too, yeah. Yep. I find water makes a lighter biscuit than buttermilk does. It does, and you're right. It does change the taste. I know. It's it's crazy, but it does. And people say, oh, but I always put cream or whatever. And I go, well, it it, it, it might taste a little bit better, but it's not going to be as high. You're, you're right about that. I know, I know my biscuits. And when you're doing chicken and dumplings, do you do... Flat dumplings or fluffy dumplings? Well, I make biscuits. <laughs> and instead of cutting them with a round roller, I've, I flatten them out a little bit. And then I cut them with a knife at an angle into strips. And that's what I make. So I don't know. They're, they're pretty so they're fluffy. a little bit of both. Yeah. They're pretty yeah. fluffy, though. That's I like. Yeah. Okay. In fact, my daughter, here we are talking about food. My daughter, when she was when she was little and when she was at home, she loved dumplings so much that if I made a pot of beans, she wanted dumplings on them. Oh yeah. Uh, anything I made that had was a pot full of boiling liquid, she'd say, "Can we have dumplings on that?" And I go, "Well, yeah, why not?" <laughs> well, well, we I always had I- dumplings with with pickled beans. Oh, that was the side, good. and. Yeah. It was. They just complimented each other. So I'm going to go make something to eat now and try and clean up this this wet puddle below my chin. 
<laughs> drooling. <laughs> and I'm going to go put that thing on the line. So, y'all, talk to us. We love to hear from you. Yeah. We've, uh, we've got a little, some schemes in mind that we will be announcing to you soon. Yes. And uh, take care of yourself, wear your mask, wash your hands, drink lots of water, get some sleep, get more sleep than me and Alicia get. Yeah. Stay safe. Yep. Yeah. All right. Take See care. See y'all soon. Bye. Hey, thank you for spending your time with us here at Weird Mountain Gals. We sure do appreciate it. You know, I know time is the most important thing we have. So I promise that if you take your time to listen to us, we'll take our time to continue to be weird. Many thanks to Sunslice Records for all the help. We couldn't do it without you, Craig. Check out our social media for information, community, or a few laughs. WYRD Mountain Gals.